0: The Cardinals get a big night from Wilson Contreras and come away with a thrilling win over the Padres. Plus, a couple of very interesting names, including a former fan favorite, were put on waivers yesterday. Should the Cardinals claim any of them in preparation for next season? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there Cardinals fans, I'm J.D. Hafford and I'm a national radio sports anchor born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan and I'm your host for Lockdown Cardinals, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio as well as the uh, podcast itself at L.O. underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. If uh, you only listen to the audio version of this, that's fantastic. But the YouTube version also has a a visual experience that's a little bit different than uh, what you get in a normal audio podcast. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and do that. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So in the words of one of the great baseball characters in cinema history, Mr. Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch, I love winning. I freaking love winning, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like better than losing. We get to wear our, our really fancy winning Cardinal old man shirt on the podcast, which is great. Uh, we were going to save that for if they win series, but um, because they haven't done <laughs> that in a while, we we switched it up. So now when they win a game, I I can throw it on when I want to. So we're in a good mood today. The Cardinals and the Padres, two of the most disappointing teams in Major League Baseball this season, put on an entertaining show last night at Busch Stadium, which culminated in a victory for the Cardinals, uh, which is a rare sight these days. Zach Thompson got the start and. No, it wasn't a great one by him. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for the young lefty. Uh, He had some trouble commanding the zone on Tuesday night, specifically trouble with his fastball. And because of that, he lasted just four innings. He throws 91 pitches, allows three runs, only two of those earned, gives up five hits, but he walks four. That was the real problem. He strikes out three. Uh, The Padres are really good at, getting walks okay Soto is like ungodly when it comes to getting walks but uh, the Padres lead the league and walk so it shouldn't come as a surprise that they're able to walk a bunch against anybody and it was the first bout of wildness that Thompson has really shown since rejoining the team you know that was part of the problem that he was having at Memphis was control issues trying to get things over the plate uh, so far it had been really really good Tuesday night not so good but it happens You know, I'm not going to panic over it. It's okay. This is what these starts the rest of this year are about for these young guys. Learning, learning from the mistakes, moving forward, progression. Uh, Casey Lawrence comes in after that and allowed two runs on three and two-thirds innings pitched, including a home run to Luis Campisano in the uh, sixth inning, which made the score four to two Padres. And that's when our buddy Wilson Contreras decided he'd had enough. It was time to take over. Now, Willie came into this game in the midst of an 0 for 15 skit was having a rough time but he had hit the ball hard a couple of times early on in the game and in the bottom of the sixth inning he catches a first pitch hanger from Padres starter Seth Lugo deposits it into the Padres bullpen makes it four to three but the best it was yet to come eighth inning with a runner on and the Cardinals down five three falls behind quickly to reliever Robert Suarez who who came out just throwing gas last night it only said hundred miles an hour on the gun last night, but it looked like it was coming in like one hundred and fifteen. Like just zoom lasers coming in from Suarez, and uh, he throws two fastballs, blows it right past Contreras, and then he decides to try to get sneaky and de- and decides he he wants to throw a slider instead, and, and that was not a good idea. Which I never understand that. You know, uh, you you've blown him away with two fastballs. Why would you? Throw a pitch that doesn't go as hard, where the bat speed that he has is going to be able to catch up to it. I've never understood that mentality, I I guess, trying to switch it up. Like I said, trying to be sneaky. But Wilson Contreras was having none of it, and uh, he goes yard. Crushes this one. 110 off the bat, 427 feet away, lands in the grassy knoll in center field to tie the game up at 5. Gets a curtain call from the fans in attendance, well-deserved. And it was an extra special moment for Contreras, not only because – You know what it meant as far as how the game was going, but also because his parents were in the stands to watch him play in person for the first time since he joined the St. Louis Cardinals. Willie had a a great quote after the game saying, Right now, I can say this is my house. Before it was hard for me to move on, I spent 15 years in one place. It took me a little bit of time. Now I'm glad that time is over. And now we're here and now we're looking forward to making this team better. I can say this is my house. And I praised Willie Contreras yesterday for his effort uh at a time of the year where some veterans might be looking to you know take their foot off the pedal a little bit uh and are thinking more about next year and I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing like I understand why some people might be Playing at like eighty-five percent compared to what they normally would be, but Wilson Contreras has not been that guy. We talked about him sliding into head first, sliding head first into first base in Monday's game, trying to trying to make that extra effort to get on base in a game that was uh, you know still up for grabs against Blake Snell. And you can criticize his defensive play behind the plate all you want, and it's fine. But you've got to respect. What number 40 has done throughout this tumultuous first season in St. Louis hasn't been complaining, hasn't become a problem. The guy's done everything they've asked from him and does it with maximum effort day in and day out. So nothing but love for Wilson Contreras right now. And, uh, you know, he had a big game last night and that was, uh, that was fun to watch Uh, Jojo Romero. Comes on in the ninth inning, tosses two superb innings in the ninth and in the 10th. He has certainly impressed since getting called back up and um, has locked up a a spot in the bullpen for next year. And who knows what's going on with Helsley. If, uh, I don't know, maybe Romero, somebody you think about as being, if you're going to do a closer by committee type of situation, somebody you kind of trust in that role because he's been very, very good. Uh, 10th inning, you get some small ball from the Cardinals, something that, Fans have clamored for, but rarely have seen in this 2023 season. Richie Palacios comes up. Now, Palacios, left-handed hitter. And the Padres have brought in one of the nastiest relief pitchers in the game right now. Left-hander, Josh Hader. Like, filthy stuff. Palacios comes up, first pitch, shows bunt, doesn't work out so well. Then gets behind with two strikes on him and then lays down a gorgeous two-strike bunt to move the ghost runner, who was Mason, went on second base over to third base, caught everybody off guard. Nobody thought he was going to do that with two strikes against him already. You're basically setting yourself up to strike out, right? Palacios doesn't phase him whatsoever, just boop, knocks it right down. Beautiful job. Uh, Standing ovation from the crowd, and that's how smart St. Louis Cardinals fans are, man. They see that, and they know... That was a huge play, and it was great to see Palacios get the recognition. The The dugout blew up, too. They were like, yeah, because that is something that you normally wouldn't see, and it worked. Uh, so this gets the managerial wheels turning. San Diego walks uh, Goldie to set up what they thought was going to be the lefty-lefty matchup between Hayter and Gorman, but Ollie counters by bringing in switch-hitting Tommy Edmund, who Waste no time he drives that first pitch he sees into the corner in left field and the Cardinals walk it off six to five it was a beautiful scene if you're watching on YouTube I got a picture of the uh, celebration afterwards and it's just good to see the guys having a little bit of fun right there you know it's uh it hasn't been an easy season they haven't been winning a lot August has been really really rough and to get a win like that and to do it off hater. That's a big deal. It was the first time they had scored against Hader since 2019. Uh, The dude had an ERA under one coming into the game, still does. Actually, it's at 0.78. This one snapped the Cardinals four-game losing streak. Their third walk-off win on the season, only the second since April 16th. And it gave a team and a fan base that just really hasn't had a whole lot to be happy about recently a reason to smile. Uh, on Tuesday night. So uh, it was fun to watch the walk-off win. It was small. It was fun to see him do it with the small ball. You know, you had the long ball, obviously, with uh, Contreras, but doing it with the small things there in the 10th inning, That was uh, it was refreshing to see that. Uh, the two teams will wrap up their series this afternoon at Bush Stadium. You're going to have Miles Michaelis on the bump today, and he's going up against... 43-year-old left-hander Rich Hill, who is still doing it, still doing it in the major leagues. Um, Speaking of guys over 40, how about a happy birthday to Adam Wainwright? Adam Wainwright turns 42 today, by the way. So uh, happy birthday to you, Waino. We had some big news drop yesterday when a couple of teams, most notably the Angels and the Yankees, decided to put some familiar names on irrevocable waivers, including two former Cardinals. And we're going to talk about whether or not it makes sense for the Cardinals to claim any of these guys in preparations for next season. We'll do that next on Locked on Cardinals. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with a technology that translate comprehensive high-quality buyer data That's linkedin.com slash locked on. That'll hook you up with a 60-day free trial. We're talking about two months' worth of a free trial. So let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. Once again, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. You can try it now. 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. The Cardinals are home today against the Padres in the series finale, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM map. Just search Cardinals. Again, thank you for making lots on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter anytime you want your feedback. Always welcome and encouraged. Appreciate all of you that uh, jump onto Twitter during games, and uh, you know we get to go back and forth and uh, have some fun talking about what's going on on the field, so I appreciate you doing that. Uh, let's talk about a guy we also appreciated, St. Louis. Huh? Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader. Fan favorite in St. Louis, even after he got traded. We still love the guy. Traded him to the Yankees, if you remember, last year at the trade deadline for Jordan Montgomery. And on Tuesday, the Yankees did something that kind of caught people off guard. They put Bader on waivers in hopes that another team would claim him and pay him the remainder of his salary before he becomes a free agent in the offseason. And it's kind of funny to about a team like the Yankees who unlimited funds pretty much making cost cuts (laughs) like it's like what but anyway that that, here's the thing these are irrevocable waivers okay the previous system which we were all familiar with the August waiver trades uh where a team could rescind a uh, a, a placement if another club made a claim so somebody puts a guy on waivers usually somebody with like a big contract Somebody claims him. The two sides can either work out a deal. If it doesn't work, just pull him back. That that whole idea was done away with in 2019, so they, that that's not happening anymore. Whichever claiming team with the highest waiver priority as of Thursday will get Bader while taking on the remainder of his arbitration salary. Now the Yankees won't receive any compensation besides the salary relief. And in the unlikely event that he goes unclaimed, because let's face it, Bader's got some skills still. New York could opt to keep him on the major league roster for the stretch run. It's up to them. But Bader was very good with the Yankees in the playoffs last year after coming back from injury. Remember, he was dealing with that plantar fasciitis in St. Louis, was injured when they traded him for Jordan Montgomery, but uh, he's been on the injured list again this year twice. Uh, Started the year that way, which was a bummer of a way to start the year. Uh, Had the oblique strain, missed a few weeks with a hamstring issue. Bader's been injury prone over the years. You know, he plays uh, the game at a at a very high level and it leads to injuries. Uh, his season numbers, 239, seven home runs, 37 RBIs and 16 stolen bases. Uh, pedestrian for most teams. That would be amazing on the Cardinals. <laughs> it would be like elite stuff. Uh, he would fit right in with all of our injured outfielders. But um, are the Cardinals likely to claim Harrison Bader? And bring him home. I tweeted that out last night. I was like, bring him home. I did that more tongue-in-cheek. The Cardinals are not likely to claim Harrison Bader. As fun as it would be to see him back in a Cardinals uniform, probably not going to happen. Now, if I was running a team that was in contention and wanted to shore up my outfield defense with a a replacement like Bader to be kind of like my fourth outfielder, has some speed, you can put him on as a pinch runner late in games, I kind of think I'm all in on bringing in Harrison Bader. They'll cost around $900,000 for the rest of the year, which is chump change. But for the Cardinals, it, it wouldn't make a ton of sense. It just wouldn't make a ton of sense. Um, now, this offseason, now this offseason, I'd be more than happy to talk to Harrison Vader about, you know, whether he'd be interested in returning to the team. We've seen how defense plays a major role on a team who doesn't have a lot of guys who strike people out. Okay, we've seen that. So it would be nice to have somebody as good as Harrison Bader, Gold Glover, in center field once again. Um, in the event that say Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edman, those are your main guys that will probably be in center field next year. I'm sure you could throw new bar in there at times, but I, I kind of like him in the corner. Um, if any of those guys are dealt for pitching, which is a distinct possibility it would be nice to have someone like bader in the in the fold to play center field so off season conversation sure claiming him now doesn't make a whole lot of sense hopefully somebody who does claim him you know bader jumps onto a team that uh you know has a very good chance of of winning a world series we want the best for him we love the guy uh, it would also allow him to grow his hair back out because, man, is he weird-looking without it. It just doesn't look right. Um, the other names that were announced yesterday that caught people's eye were the guys that the Angels put on, on, on waivers. Uh, Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, former Cardinal Randall Grichuk. all of them. Angels put on a ro- irrevocable waivers yesterday. Um, it's been a tough go for the Angels. Uh, you got the UCL injury to Shohei. Can't pitch anymore. Mike Trout's still bothered by his hand injury. And because of that, the Angels have slipped out of contention, and it appears that the whole non-trading of Shohei Otani might might just backfire massively and blow up in their face. Because if Shohei decides in this offseason to take his talents elsewhere and you didn't get anything for him, whoa! I was one who thought it was cool that the Angels said, nope, we're going all in, and just tragedy strikes. You know, the UCL injury, trout not coming back was bigger because they had him back. And then he's still dealing with soreness in that hand and can't get over it. And um, and the guys they got haven't really done much anyway. Uh, Giolito is the guy that's obviously pretty interesting to the Cardinals. Um, reason being, you know, they're looking for pitchers next year, right? That's, it. that's what the Cardinals are looking for. Pitching, pitching, pitching. We know that. Um, the Cardinals will probably entertain the idea of bringing in the former first round pick as a free agent this offseason. I'm sure they'll discuss it. They'll talk about it. If guys like Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, Julio Rios, you know, these top level guys are unattainable for whatever reasons, whether it's the money, whether they just don't want to play in St. Louis, whatever, whatever it may be, then you got to find some guys who are at that next level, that next tier below them. And I would think Giolito is is around there. He's, he's down there as one of those type of guys. He has not been very good since going to the Angels. One in five, ERA of 6.89 and six starts, allowed 10 home runs in 32 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed 30 home runs on the season, which is the fourth most in baseball. Lance Lynn, uh, first in baseball <laughs> with 34, another guy that I think the Cardinals are going to be interested in and possibly bringing in. They're very familiar with him. Uh, Money-wise, Giolito's is making $10.4 million this year with about, 1.9 left to be paid out. Uh, as far as the waiver order goes, the Cardinals are behind Oakland, Kansas City, Colorado and Giolito's former team, the White Sox. None of those teams are likely to claim him. They they're not interested in bringing on any salary at the end of this year. Although it would be hilarious if the White Sox brought him back, I think I would crack up. But could the Cardinals use this time at the end of the season? Could they claim him? and use this time at the end of the season to evaluate him up close to see if he is someone who would be a good fit on this team and in this clubhouse next year. Is it likely to happen? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. The Cardinals seem to be enjoying the time that they have here at the end of the year to let the younger guys pitch, which is great. Guys like Zach Thompson and Drew Rom, Dakota Hudson's getting another long look. Uh, if Matthew Libertor. Ends up coming back. He didn't pitch very well um, in his outing down in the minors as he rehabs. But um, if if you added Giolito to your rotation, it would take starts away from those guys. So what's more important to you? Is it the worst thing in the world if you plan on spending a decent chunk of change on on a guy like Giolito this offseason to pay $1.9 million for a month tryout to get to know the guy better and for him to get to know you better? In my eyes, I don't think so. (laughs) That's a lot of money, but it's not my money. It's not my money, so it's easy for me to spend it. Um, And then if you think about this too, if Giolito suffers an injury, and I'm not saying anything like massive, but like something as small as he he gets a blister on his pitching hand, which limits him to only like two starts over the last month, is the risk reward worth it to the Cardinals to bring him in at 1.9 million dollars? Probably not. Probably not. So I wouldn't expect them to claim any of these guys. Uh, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Again, teams that are in playoff contention and are looking for uh, a guy for the back end of their rotation, um, you know, somebody looking for slugging right handers for like Renfro and Grichuk, uh, Matt Moore, good lefty out of the bullpen. Guys who need just pieces to help complete their puzzle here in the playoff push uh, makes a lot of sense to claim them all. For the Cardinals, Probably not. Probably not. But I would love to hear your thoughts on bringing back Bader either this season or next season and bringing in Giolito for the final month. How would you feel about that? Let me know in the comments section below and on Twitter. What we're going to do next is check in on the X's. I know, I know it's not a healthy thing to go on Facebook and look up what's going on with your X's. Same could be said when it comes to Major League Baseball and trading guys away, but we like keeping tabs on. Them. So we're going to do that next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals are at Bush to battle the Padres today with a chance to actually win the series. And you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals time to check in on what our former Cardinals who got moved to the trade deadline or up to let's, um, start with Jack Flaherty. Okay. The more polarizing person out of anybody that got traded away. Uh, Jack, since his first start for the O's where he pitched really, really well, that, uh, that first game, he was lights out and, uh, it looked like a great fit. Things have leveled off a little bit for Jack Flaherty. His last start was on the 27th. He went five and two-thirds innings, allowed three runs on seven hits, three strikeouts. It was a no decision for him, but the team did lose four to three, and the Orioles are now just one and three in Jack starts, and he himself is now one and two with an ERA of 6.41 since the trade. And if you take away his best start, which was that first one, he's 0-2 with an ERA of 8.56 since joining the Baltimore Orioles. So I can't imagine that they're very pleased with that particular um, showing so far, considering that the Cardinals are pretty darn happy with what's going on. You've seen Drew Rom now pitching at the major league level. Cesar Prieto is hitting very, very well down at Memphis. So uh, I think the Cardinals are pretty happy with that trade right now. Uh, Moving on to Jordan Montgomery. He's been excellent with the Rangers, and we we knew we would be. He's a good pitcher overall, two and one. ERA of 2.30 since the trade, although the team is only two and three in his starts, which is weird. Even though he's pitched very, very well, his last game was also on the 27th. He went five and a third innings, three runs, four hits, struck out four. Solid, dependable left-handed pitcher, just like he was in St. Louis. He hasn't changed a bit. He's looked good. Chris Stratton also went in that deal to the Rangers, one and zero with an ERA of two in 11 appearances. He's been very, very solid. Um, The Cardinals return. Thomas Sejaci has been massive, just crushing the ball in the minor league since coming over. So um, I think both sides happy with the deal so far. To Toronto, where Jordan Hicks and Henesis Cabrera still are. So far, Hicks, one and two. ERA, 3.97, 10 whiffs and 11 and a third innings. He's also got four saves, has allowed five runs and 13 appearances, but two of those actually came in the first game he pitched for the Blue Jays. So he's been outstanding. They've loved him so far. Henesis Cabrera. Holy smokes, otherworldly since being swapped over to the Blue Jays and what was at the time a very small move, but Cabby hasn't given up an earned run in Toronto yet. At 18 appearances, he's 1-0, ERA of 0, 12 strikeouts, 16 and a third innings. Where was this dude on the Cardinals? He seemed like a guy when the deal went down that needed a change of scenery, and it is working out beautifully for the Blue Jays. Uh, One that did not work out well for Toronto was the Paul DeYoung trade. Toronto ends up releasing Paul DeYoung, where he struggled mightily. Remember, three for 44, it was was not good. The thing is, Bo Bichette, who came back, which is why DeYoung was released, they were like, well, Bo's back, we don't need you anymore. Bo Bichette just got hurt again. So I don't know what they're going to do now, because they let DeYoung walk. The Giants end up picking up DeYoung. He had that big first game, but hasn't done much since. He's gone just three for 23 with the Giants, and this is not Paulie D bashing. I am just giving you the numbers of what he's done. If he was hitting 700 with 10 home runs since he left, I'd give you the numbers still, but that's not what he's done. Since leaving the Cardinals, Paul DeYoung is a combined six for 67. That is a 90 batting average, 90. He's batting under 100. With one home run, six RBIs, and 28 strikeouts. That's all I'm going to say about that. Not Polly D bashing. It's just the facts. Uh, thank you again for making up Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals Hometown Broadcast. We've got the series finale today against the Padres, and then the Pirates come to town. And you can do that with SiriusXN on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Miles Michaelis is on the hill today against... Rich Hill, Miles Michaelis hasn't won a game since July 17th. How about we fix that? Let's fix that. First pitch, 115 St. Louis time. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals at a JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.